0: And welcome on in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast hosted by me, Tony Mazer. Not the one and only Tony Mazer, because uh, that one is on Instagram taking pictures of goats and llamas. This is the Tony Mazer who's up here just. I don't know, doing my podcast, trying to grow it in some way, shape, or form here. I appreciate you folks for watching or listening to this. If you're listening to it for free on the podcast platforms, thank you. Continue hitting subscribe, or if this is your first time, you can hit subscribe if you like it. A lot of different podcasts and guests and topics and everything over time. Uh, Also on YouTube, I'm growing that channel as well as my free Rumble account, also, it's on Patreon. If you like what you hear, go to patreon.com/slash Tony Maser, and uh, yeah, you uh, you get. Uh early access to guests such as this today, this uh, this young lady who's, uh, she's kind of been on the radar in my universe with this, like the compound media, the Kevin Brennan, Misery Loves Company, Patreon, streaming universe, but, uh, and uh, kind of got on her radar about like five years ago during the This Week in Sex podcast, and she's really grown it. She's uh, featuring, she's going on the road with Chrissy Mayer, and that is, and again, we talked about this off the air, but it's either Keanu Thompson or Keanu C Thompson. So which one do which one do you like going by? Because it's kind of both on your social media handles.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure if you because I see how I'm used to uh the the damn streaming and uh StreamYard, it looks like so I'm looking at you, and so you can see all of me, right? Yeah. So what's it's gonna happen like, is oh, then okay. when you
0: talk, it goes over it's, to oh, you. And God. then why when I talk, talk-
1: <laughs> lighting a cigarette like a trash person. I always say Keanu C. Thompson because it has like a little ring to it. But when I was on the road with Chrissy, she's like, just do Keanu Thompson. And then we're putting our names up on the thing. And I was like, could you take I look like a douche? Like I'm not an author. Like why I why would I have this C in the middle of my name? But I it people started calling me Keanu C. Thompson because it's my twitter handle
0: yeah so. well and it's it, it seems it fancier yeah yeah like yes. you said it's it seems fancier like my my real name is anthony but i don't go professionally as anthony so i'm not going to use my middle name but if your full name is already there anyways it's like yeah. uh your boyfriend will enjoy this reference it's an old looney tunes my name is elmer j fudd millionaire i own a mansion and a yacht so it's he like will, yeah, put- he
1: will enjoy that reference <laughs> he loves the looney tunes but he's a big bugs bunny fan
0: uh, oh oh yeah and your
1: old man yeah well,
0: yeah, we're well yeah, we're we're just children. We're grown-up children in this universe of podcasting when we have all the podcast wars that are going on and you realize like you and I are kind of even though we're like we're kind of adjacent to it because obviously you're invested because you're dating somebody who's involved in it, but you're also on the sidelines looking at it and we're kind of seeing the podcast wars going These people are old enough to be our parents.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And I have sex with one of them. Bizarre. (laughs) I know. Uh, Well, actually, you know, like if you if you want to talk about MLC, even I have been doing that for years and years, far long before I started dating, Gino. that's I think that's the first show I ever did on compound was in hot uh, in hot water, Jesus,
0: burning bridges, burning
1: bridges. Yeah, I did burning bridges with Alan Fuchs, who I used to do the weekend sex with, um, which was our podcast. We didn't have sex with each other. We just had a uh, porn you Talked about your liaison. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I used to do burning bridges all the time. Uh, and I still think Kevin Brennan loves me. I still think he does. He just has to do this to me. He, you know, I, uh, I, I know he doesn't have anything against me because I've never done anything to him except for date Gino, which is, I, I find it quite childish, but, you know, this is how he gets his views. He just yells and screams and, you know, call me bonely fans and mm-hmm. revenge porn me and, you know, post naked photos of me on Twitter, all, all sorts of things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and speaking of views, uh, you do have your own YouTube channel and you're, you're putting stuff out there here. Yes. Uh, yeah, at, uh...
1: I just started it. My sidekick is my mom, which I didn't plan, but I we really have a fun time together. My God. She's is, it,
0: is this just on youtube or can you find it in other places as no well?
1: i just have it i'm just doing the live live it's live every wednesday at seven and then uh whenever else we feel like it we we do surprise pop-up streams Mickey, okay
0: yeah well there you go there are the plugs and uh it, it, well any road dates anything you guys uh, have going on
1: i'm in okay it's always hard for me to remember. I mean, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota is a for some reason I just cannot remember this place. We're doing Steel Toes. You know, Steel Toe.
0: I do know him. Yes.
1: Okay. Steel Toe is having an anniversary party at slash show in at Stoney's in Minnesota in August. Okay. Uh, I don't know the date, but you can look it up. I think that it's about sold out. Um, Kevin. Uh, so
0: <laughs> she that doesn't us, sell then,
1: tickets. He does, I know, no, I <laughs> Chrissy and I have sold out like, well, it's Chrissy, not me, but I I'm on the road with her a lot. Like uh, all the shows we ever do, they're basically sold out. He can't stand it. She sells tickets. That's ridiculous. So I have that coming up and all my other dates. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Keanu C. Thompson for all of those. Uh, I'm going to be, we're doing Whipped Wednesday on uh, Compound Media on the show Morning on the 26th. If you want to tune into that, subscribe to Compound. Uh, do, 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 do. And then I'm going to be in, I always do these shows in Scranton with uh, Kevin Lepka. Those shows are always at Scranton Comedy Club. Those are really fun. That's sometime coming up. Like I said, not great at plugging them because uh, uh, I, I'm i not familiar with the tri-state area very well either. So if it's a lot of New Jersey uh in this area, since I'm from the south, I never even know where I am. So I just go to my Instagram, and you can find them. You know.
0: Well, what's so that's interesting because so you are from South Carolina. You born and raised there too?
1: No, I was born in Chicago. Okay, but uh, I we moved to South Carolina when I was one, so I don't really claim Chicago, although I like Chicago. But yeah, I grew up in South Carolina. So
0: so you grew up there, and what uh, look we we all have our. Stories we all got into comedy, and some people get in because of a traumatic instance of like, mm-hmm. oh, so and so died, and it was the only way I can cope. Or my dad used to take me to comedy shows, and then uh, he had brain cancer, and this is my one way. And my way of getting into comedy was, I, I was going through a breakup, and I wanted to impress my girlfriend at the time, and thought that she would like, like, oh, <laughs> see, I'm funny too. And that was and my, then that she was my. Died. Way well, I uh, I kind of wish, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was my like what. So you're a South Carolina girl. What got you into doing comedy? and What brought you to the Big Apple?
1: Well, I was a I was a theater major, which is a completely useless degree, completely useless. However, I loved it, and uh, I don't do theater anymore, obviously. But um, I liked acting, but I oh, oh my. My uh, it was a solo performance class I was taking and I was totally in love with this teacher, uh, David Lee Nelson. I'll get to him in a minute. Um He really liked my writing and just thought I was funny. He said, you're moving to New York. You're pretty. He came over to my house and he said uh, he said, you're really pretty. You're really funny and you're a really great writer. He was a stand up in New York for 10 years. He opened for Louie. He was uh, um, just He you know, you wouldn't know him from like, he never like hit it with comedy, but he did do a lot in his day. And then, uh, he was one of our professors and he was young and eloquent and cool. And I was like, stand up. He told me you need to, you you need to try stand up. I think 10 days after I moved here, I think I, I signed up for the comedy seller class. And then our first performance, I just, I was like, fuck, this is it. And I never stopped from then except, during the pandemic, I wasn't going to do a Zoom comedy show or uh, a perform on show. a train. Yeah. Or under a tree or anything. So that was a little bit of a gap. But yeah, uh, David Lee Nelson uh, sadly passed away a, a couple of years ago. But, oh, really?
0: Uh, yeah. He, 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 was, he wasn't like, the one who did the song Dust on the Bottle, right?
1: Dust on the bottle. That,
0: that's David Lee Murphy. I'm being silly. <laughs> David
1: Lee Murphy. Okay. No. So maybe that's why I go by Keanu C. Thompson, David Lee Nelson. I don't know. Same sort of deal. But well, uh, sometimes younger. you don't
0: you don't want to have the three names though. I mean, I've I've no. heard some bad stories about three named people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like such as
0: <laughs> oh Lee Harvey Oswald. And, uh
1: yes, uh, you know. Yes.
0: Uh well, <laughs> some some infamous people out there, but uh so but you so you came to New York to do stand up or you wanted to like, were you trying to escape the Southern living and small town you know, living? You're saying, I, I lo- want to explore.
1: I went to college to Charleston and Charleston is the funnest city on earth. I, I stand by that. It's too much fun. Uh, but I, I wanted to move to New York because me and like five of my dude friends were like, let's just fucking move to New York. I wasn't, I knew I was going to, or I guess I was going to try and act. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but then comedy just sort of took over and podcasting and all that stuff. So I would act again, but I don't know if I'm, uh, I don't really care that much about it anymore. You know? So I just saw
0: a story the other day that said, um, uh, since and it had nothing to do with covid but the uh broadway is just 25 to 30 percent just not returning they're not they're finding other avenues i'm assuming yeah. the people who would go to broadway are you know watching like uh, misery loves company podcasts instead of I going know. to see hamilton
1: I like, it's <laughs> true i can barely even watch like any shows anymore all i watch is the are these fucking streams it's maddening and that's because i like I just need background noise. So if it's I still listen to Misery Loves Company like yeah. every day. I didn't I don't even know what he's yelling about, but his screaming some so, somehow relaxes me. So
0: like what writer's strike we're, we're watching streaming. all. We're yeah. entertained <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, Shanti I don't
1: Dante will not stop talking about the writer's strike. I'm like, who gives a fuck about these people? <laughs> I don't care if they're striking. Why are you? Why are you incensed about this?
0: So getting to New York, uh, because I I often thought I'm still in Ohio. I'm still I don't want to say I'm stuck here. Well, I kind of am. I'm buying a house. That's why my backdrop isn't really that good right now. Cause uh, I I'm really I, I'm in a two bedroom apartment and buying like a three bedroom home. Uh, but uh, it's What's like your you other know,
1: job job. So
0: I was the I was the longtime radio guy who wouldn't have been able to afford a a house. And up until about a year plus ago, now I work as a uh, let's just say a blue collar job right now. But I get paid way too much money for it. And I'm kind of if you
1: could buy a house. Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, and, and it's weird because it's the opposite of what you would think you want to. Like I knew so many people who worked blue collar jobs that would want to just get rid of them They're like you know what yeah, i'm done with the blue collar job i don't care if i take less money i want to do stand up i want to get into uh, some kind of broadcasting or anything like that yeah. and i'm the opposite i took those low-paying broadcasting jobs how many free sets that i've gotten where i may have gotten a drink ticket or right. uh or pizza at oh, a comedy show? Yeah.
1: yeah i mean i i used to do anything i do less of that now i i would prefer, a guy like being on the road. That's been really, really great. And it's a lot better than, you know, doing basement shows and stuff. But you still have to do those shows, you know, yeah, you have to
0: time. you have to do the open mic, but also at the same time, if you're doing a one nighter and they're like, yeah, we could probably give you maybe twenty bucks. And I'm like, uh, don't even
1: ba. Don't even insult me like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Whatever. I'll do it for free. Fine. Yeah. Fine. It's
0: like, a it's a two drink minimum. We'll give you the two drinks. And you're like, you're okay, like, great. Give
1: me four and we'll call it a day. Yeah.
0: What's the hoppiest thing I can get on the on the menu? Like, what's what? Let's see. What was that fifteen percent? Perfect. Right. Allow Although, me uh, to
1: bring my own white claws and. Uh,
0: yeah, you like those, those white claws, them. don't you?
1: I love them. They are my favorite thing. Yes, that was in my. Okay. I saw that truck outside and I was like, please this was 30 seconds. I was like, please take this photo of me, please. I was like, take a picture of me. And then, uh, I don't know. I was like, this is an ad. They should spot. I can be the Dylan Mulvaney of White Claw. <laughs> I do get called her all the time. Anyway, people always compare me with Dylan Mulvaney. Why can't, why can't I be the Dylan Mulvaney of White Claw? Maybe because that'd be a I- great
0: character on In Hot Water though.
1: The Dylan Mulvaney of White Claw. Maybe, I don't know. I'm going to put my face on a can of White Claw like her and uh, well, I
0: think you probably sell more white claw than Dylan Mulvaney sold for Bud Light. So people were
1: I uh yes, that divided a nation. <laughs> oh, God. You
0: know, you know what's funny is I actually used to work on a truck that had white claw on it like this. Oh. I used to I used to work on a beer truck and I would carry this around. So you would like I would get people honking at me because of whatever was on the side of my truck. And I we'll honk him like, "What are you? Hon- oh, you like the you like the beer that's on the back of the truck that's advertised on it? Great, thanks. You're, uh, you're not
1: flirting with me."
0: <laughs> it was it was nice working for uh, a, a beer company because uh, any if, if, if this this is true I would care I wouldn't have White Claw but I did more Truly that I would deliver and if yeah, one
1: in seem to like True that's the other popular one it's not I'll drink it if they ha- don't have White Claw it's not my favorite one though.
0: Now, are you are like, are you into long drink? What's do you that? know? Do you know about long drink? No, it's long a drink money.
1: No. I, no, no,
0: long I, drink. I, it's I, great. Uh, I see. Mer- I'm a beer and shot guy. I'm just like Gino. Uh, I'm a beer and shot guy. Uh, but until I discovered gin, like it's basically gin in a can and it's fantastic. Oh, and that's all I've well, been drinking. I, would and like I that. Don't feel fattening.
1: If I I used to be ride or die gin and tonic a Tanqueray and tonic with a cucumber uh, and a splash of St. Germain was like my fucking drink of choice, Um, like in Charleston. So if they don't have seltzers, I'll drink a gin and tonic. Mostly, though, it's just White Claw and a shot of tequila if I'm feeling sassy. But I love sometimes gin.
0: both. Like, yeah. do, do, do you put it in the White Claw?
1: Have the, a little, no, have a little fun. no. How dare you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't want to take the away the, my
1: white claw.
0: the wonderful taste of the seltzer. Yes.
1: Yes, it's the best. I don't know. White- is this like one of these things like we don't really know? It hasn't been a, a, like around that long, but the people that drank copious amounts of white claw, are we all going to like die in 10 years? We don't know. But
0: yeah, is it the rumor like when they said that if you drank too much Mountain Dew, your sperm count lowered the, that rumor back in the 90s? I don't know. But it,
1: <laughs> has anybody really you? checked
0: that out? I'm uh, 35. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, OK. You're like, I'm 30. All right. You're around my age. So, no, yeah. I missed that Mountain Dew rumor. But I, you know, in the South, people love their Mountain Dew. So
0: Oh, yeah. Were you from the area that uh, when they said, uh, what do you want? You want a Coke? And they say what kind? I want Sprite.
1: <laughs> no, but they, Coke, Coke
0: was just pop or soda down there. Just well, the it never
1: pop because my parents always said pop. So if okay. I went to school and I said pop, they, it was very offensive to them. Okay. Like, what's what's that? Pop? <laughs> oh, you mean soda? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah.
0: But I, I've noticed since if you grew up all all throughout those years in South Carolina, is that the acting that did you have an accent that maybe you shed or did you not have one?
1: Uh like it it depends on who I'm around. I didn't ever if I'm like around a bunch of southern people, I can sort of start getting into a into a southern accent but i've pretty much always just had a neutral accent because my parents have like midwestern accents but now that they've lived there so long they kind of like every once in a while sound southern it's completely bizarre but no i didn't like
0: when you when you go back and then you realize like whoa, you've been here a little too long you've been saying uh saying a lot of words that uh, you would know i say y'all
1: i say y'all uh Constantly, if I'm well, around, I, my I've Nor-
0: I life. see northern white women using y'all all the time, y'all. but it's usually to lecture people on like y'all need to get with the program here. Yes. Like you haven't even been south of the Mason Dixon line unless you went to like Turks and Caicos for a college vacation.
1: Exactly. No, there. Yeah, I. But that y'all is just such an. You don't even have to say y'all y'all. You. It's it's just such an easier word. It really shouldn't be a, uh, uh, shit upon. That's all. But y'all is, uh I can't think of any, they have weird phrases. Like if I'm around my best friend, Elliot, he's got a major Southern accent. He will, he tells me, he doesn't think he does, but his grandma will say things like, I've never heard this phrase before. I just heard it. Uh, Wait, can you say like grandma other-
0: again? Because I think it just came out.
1: Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> grandma. And he says, Mimi, Mimi and Papa. They'll say it's easier than uh, pulling a grease string out of a cat's ass. why in what situation would there be a greased string in a cat's ass and I suppose it would be quite easy but that's like they say the most bizarro things
0: yeah that's uh well I you know it's I've always wanted to go to Charleston I've been there once and I went down for a friend of mine had a movie audition and we drove down was it 26 I-26 where basically it ends and (laughs) She had a movie audition, didn't realize it was actually a local audition. She got a wrong email. So <laughs> I auditioned for a movie with her at some building it fell asleep in the car we were the first people there went to a waffle house and a hardy's and then turned around and went back that sounds and so dope. my uh, an ex girlfriend who lived in Charleston she she's from Ohio and she's like yeah fuck this i'm going to Charleston so she she lived in Charleston for about a year and a half lived on the island what, whatever island that is there
1: oh there's Folly Beach there's Isle of Palms Sullivan's Island so it's like it's the peninsula. Sullivan's yeah that was yeah, it Sullivan's Island so you're,
0: you're you're very familiar with Sullivan's aren't you
1: yeah, yes, <laughs> a couple of them. <laughs> Do love a good Sullivan's moment. That's you... when I drink Jameson. God.
0: Oh Jesus. Yeah. I've I've had a little bit too much Jameson at that place myself. Um, but <laughs> it's the only
1: time I've ever fallen down the subway steps, uh, was when I left Gino and Bill one time. I I think they bought me maybe eight shots of Jameson and I've tumbled down the subway steps. It was the saddest moment of my life.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, so you're for, with being from Charleston, you go to New York and you're, you've you been in New York, what, probably about what, maybe six years, seven years,
1: six, seven years now. So wait, maybe longer, but I did I feel like a
0: creeper years. that I actually was kind of on that. I was just get, kind of guessing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was well since I graduated college. I, my God, I think, but then I took a gap. I, I was home for six months twice in that time. So, uh, for COVID, and then because I had to go home because because I had a uh, I had to go home because I was in uh, fucking I was like an eating disorder day camp basically, so oh, I had really? to go home for that. Yeah, uh, which was fun. It was a lot of lot of mental illness uh, with those girls. My God. Um. So I was home for that for six months, and I was home for COVID for six months because I wasn't gonna sit in my fucking Don't apartment and do nothing. So. So give or take six or seven years. yeah.
0: You made it back and you've now like kind of got on the radar of a lot of people. And you, you have been in with the compound media universe. And what, uh, what brought you to Chrissy Mayer? I know she's, she's grown her. uh, So I met Chrissy in 2019 when they were starting to do the, they were starting to roll out the comedians of the compound. Mm -hmm. And I first met her in white Plains. uh, I think her and Frank were doing a show up there and they brought Gino, they brought Dave Landau and Don Jameson at the time and Aaron Berg. And, um uh, so Chrissy at the time was kind of like a a bit character on in hot water. She would yeah. play the uh like certain people that and certain women and it was it was kind of funny. And then since then her uh she's really grown and kind of spread her wings and now is like found a completely new audience. And she's, she's like a well, star. she's
1: she's everywhere. Yeah. I mean so she's
0: so she's like, I'll bring Keanu on the road. That's I mean, that's a huge huge thing for you.
1: I think we she we just sort of I've known her for years cuz of we going on compound she was always there then you know I've uh, had had done the wet spot a lot and uh we when we went on our she asked me to open for her a few times like um within this year uh in New Jersey and things and we just really started like clicking and getting along it's we hang out and do really well together like I don't laugh harder in the car with anyone more than me and Chrissy just being complete goofballs. We get completely slap happy. She's hardworking and hilarious on stage. And she like, she wants the best for everyone. She like builds people up and and it's not like a, she, it's not a weird thing that it's, when I was on the road with her for two weeks, we did a week in Vegas and a week in Dallas with the lovely Lila Hart. It's three chicks have never gotten along so well together, and it wasn't weird to not have any dudes on a, a few of those shows because it's like we're all so completely different. And I don't know, it just it just just really clicks. So she's like honestly become like one of my best friends. Not, but I really love working with her. So. And she, I mean, she's a fucking, she's a YouTube sensation star, my God. And she knows everyone. So, oh yes. And then they made us take then our pants this. off at the airport.
0: So, so for folks who hadn't seen this headline, I'm, I'm, I'm playing and sharing the screen right now from, this is from Newsweek it says women claim airline told them to change their clothes to fly home, which was humiliating. Uh, this was back in May and, uh, Says uh, a traveler was left uh, sh- a traveler was left shocked when she and her friend were asked to change outfits before boarding a plane. Comedians Chrissy Mayer and Keanu Thompson uh told how they were forced to change their outfits in public with no cover at the demand of American Airlines flight attendants. And so, yeah, this ended up becoming not just national but international news. And yeah, there you are, you're right involved talking, in uh, it.
1: We're talking a Daily Mail and fucking people are interviewing us, and we're we were laughing, but we, we went back and forth from like, should we be traumatized? Like this is, I have an only fans. All right. I have no problem really with nudity that much, but
0: you got to pay for we it.
1: had to get on this flight. And the fact that what we ended up in, I had checked my bag. So we had bought these short, I had bought the girls, these shorts and she in these sparkly shorts in Vegas. And we took them out of the bag and I just slipped them on. And I always say this, I say all the time. I was on my fucking period. My tampon string was raking across the floor. I say it all the time. Chris, oh, just like
0: the, the greasy <laughs> string from the cat's ass.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> easy as that. I took my pants off like easy as pulling a grease string out of a cat's ass. Or a tampon well, you got up, to update the hole. reference.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 we were like, what? So, cause we were like the last two. I don't know if this guy was a creep, but we just like sprung into action And the funniest thing was he stopped her. And then when I said, what's going on? He went, you too. So I'm like, my skirt was floor length. It was sheer, but it was floor length and it had the underwear sewn into it. So there was nothing I could do. And so she's like blocking me. But then what we ended up in was more revealing. It was completely bizarre. But I mean, we made the best of it. It's not like, it's not, we're comedians so we can make fun of anything but if we were a different kind of people that might have been even more traumatizing or they didn't go oh wait run to the bathroom we'll hold the gate or whatever they just let us I, they it, it was a high pressure situation it and then uh it ended up being fine because we talked about it on every podcast we did drinking bros and we did alex stein's show on the blaze uh primetime 99 he's a he's like one of the coolest people we've ever met. So oh yeah, he fun. just he just
0: followed me on Twitter. It's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: I love him. Oh my God, I love Alex Stein. So we talked about it like the whole time. We laughed about it. And then the only reason people picked it up is because Chrissy's famous. So we were tweeting about it on the plane. We're like, I was, and we were kind of, yes, we had had a couple drinks. I was like, I was butt fucking naked at the gate <laughs> was on my fucking period. Had I known people were going to like quote that in articles or talk about my fucking... <laughs> Damn on string i might have been a little bit more eloquent but i we did we were just like holy shit what the fuck is happening
0: so, so- was there a resolution like did they settle anything was there a lawsuit or are you just kind of like everybody shrugged their shoulders they got their publicity and that's it
1: Anthony, we did not get one mile, not one. They did not want one? one mile. No, we weren't going to do anything. People were like, you should sue. We're like, it's, we're busy. It's not, is it worth my quality of life to go after American Airlines? I think they were probably like, oh fuck. If they're not going to do anything, I guess we won't say anything. But I mean, I, I, I just don't, because I'm not traumatized from it. I don't know. Maybe it'll come up in therapy later. But then I I don't feel the need to sue. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's like one of those things where it's not a big deal now. But then if you got destitute years later, it's like, yeah, remember that story in 2023 when we then we were groped and like it takes on these all different. So it's like at least what as opposed to what, like, I guess a normal person. When I say when I say normal, a A non-comedian would do about it. They would they would sue. They would talk about all these things. I was fondled. You know, there was insertion, all this kind of stuff. And you and Chrissy are like, Instead of of being offended, how about we just go on podcasts and just talk about it the whole time? And you really, in a way, it's part of therapy where you actually talked yourselves through it, the whole process, and kind of laughed about it, as opposed to, again, you're on the leather couch five years from now. I (laughs) know, lying down. I can't
1: believe my damn fun string was raking across the floor, doctor. No, he's like, well, okay, can we not focus on that? How about we, how about we let the airplane thing go? No, we just, We talked about it on stage. We still talk about it on stage. Me and Chrissy did a gig at a TIFFS in Morris Plains. I opened for her. And when she was on stage, I was watching her. She started talking about it. And then we started going back and forth about it. Like, and it was funny because people, everybody in the audience, they're there to see her. So through uh, her, obviously they know me. They know about the whole viral moment. So they're all, it was hilarious. It was like a completely hilarious, like back and forth, like little improv about it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of works. And when you're a co- comic, you're always looking for material. So mm-hmm. it, there's material for you. Exactly. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's it's I, I'm happy for you guys is, you know, again, this whole podcast universe, you never know who's on whose team. But I, I am somebody who's I, I, I like seeing I don't want to say rags to riches stories, but you're somebody that, again, you came from South Carolina and didn't know what was going on. And now you're on the road with Arguably, I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of female comedians out there who are getting that kind of publicity like Chrissy is. And she's the fact a, that she
1: was viral like twice that week, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's viral all the time. So what was that
0: and what didn't she? Was that the uh, was that the, the Chick-fil-A joke that she had that people were like, oh, like Keith Olbermann's like, oh, God, she'd oh, dare she. make a it, joke like Well, that.
1: yes, she was. And then that happened, too. And she made a uh, which it was a harmless, hilarious joke about fried chicken she said, I, I think it was, they, they they, kept it in. So they weren't obviously that offended. What is that network? News, Newsmax? Newsmax? Yeah,
0: Newsmax, yeah.
1: Yeah, so so she was viral for that. And she had been on, I don't know how many times that week. Like, and that was viral. She, now the all of Malaysia was just recently coming, during her bachelorette party in Atlantic City. She, not, she's getting fucking... Hundreds of hate messages from Malaysia because she defended Jocelyn Chia, who is also a hilarious comedian, uh, for making a joke about she's, it's like uh, the Malaysian Airlines uh, airplane that disappeared, which she's mm-hmm. always told this joke. I get messages from Malaysian people still like it's the most ridiculous thing. So she has been she always sticks to she doesn't back down. She's not like she defends comedians rights <laughs> to say what they fucking want to say, you know, as no. long as it's funny and it's not hurting anyone, you don't necessarily mean every single thing that you say when you're a comic, you don't want to hurt anybody. It's meant to make people laugh.
0: No, yeah. you're supposed to say the. what you're supposed to do is you're su- supposed to say the funniest thing possible and
1: I don't mind an ooh, more like like, you as long all... as I get a reaction that kind of like gets me going. I'm like, ah, ha. <laughs>
0: That's all I get on stage. Usually I'm like, I would rather the ooh than nothing.
1: Yeah, Anything like, like, oh, oh, I, it's oh usually God. like,
0: oh, come yeah. on. Oh, God. Well, and, and I worked in regular radio for such a long time that I, I had to go in every morning and be clean. So I'm going to go on stage and be dirty that night. Like, well, right. you know how to be clean. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be clean now. It's after eight o'clock. I'm on stage. We've got two shows tonight. I'm going to be as filthy as humanly possible. Because right. tomorrow morning when I wake up at four o'clock and I got to be on the radio, I got to talk about uh, last night's American Idol or, hey, did you watch oh. The Bachelorette? Ugh. And no, I'm like, God. no, I could do that. So uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, but j- joking about those personal things like do you do you talk about the eating disorder in your act at all?
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Well, that I don't have a, that. I have like. I have tentative jokes about that, but I find it hilarious. I have so much material on, on eating disorder therapy, but, uh, I haven't quite,
0: it'll be a special
1: it. one day. I don't, it, it, it does it. To me, it's funny, but to other people, it's like, Oh my God. Are That's you for the one right? woman show. Right. <laughs> What's that?
0: That's for the one woman show. Yeah, You're saving that yeah. one.
1: Maybe, uh, maybe I'll do a one woman show, or like a uh, maybe I'll write a memoir, a funny, uh, a comical memoir, something like that. But I have some stand up jokes about it. But it is like a subject where people are like, "Uh oh, no!" But I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm fine. It's okay. Like, not dead. Thank God I went to the therapy for it." But uh, the that that's a joke I have, or I have a party a joke about gender reveal parties. And uh, but it also is <laughs> like it has a hint of abortion in it. I, 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 it, I that joke I have is always too. a gamble. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I have been working on one where it was like something where you know it's pink is pink is female, uh, blue is it's like. Then w- what if it's like a stillborn? Is it like red velvet? That something like that.
1: Parallel thought. See. It's a yes. I have I have a whole joke on a duck, and I guess I won't say it. But no, I say. You know it's a it's a decision reveal party white balloons we're pregnant black balloons we are no longer pregnant we you know how you cut into the cake it's either pink or blue well if we're having the baby birthday cake we're having an abortion red velvet
0: yep. and see? if it's
1: angel food cake she miscarried everybody go home that's what gets people
0: I love that see <laughs> I love that it, because and it, it's funny because well it's not really funny but my my mom had a stillborn before me and I and then so then three years later, I come around and the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck and actually I was dead and they had to revive me. And so I've made jokes about that by like, why, you know, what imagine what this world would be like if they didn't revive me or like, you know, I was I was a re, I was a big Robin Williams fan. That's why the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. And uh, I don't know, it's you stupid
1: traumatized joke. from the get go. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I mean, again, this is these are this is the material that you would see when I would go on stage and you go like, Wow, you're a little different from when you're on the radio this morning when you you talked about last night's uh, baseball game. Yeah, a little different. Like you know, so, so, see, the reason we go on stage is we have this thing called mental illness. And uh
1: <laughs> Exactly. I was the Jack Nicholson in one flew over the cuckoo's nest of the eating disorder rehab. I was I was like gathering people to like rebel. There was this one girl and I called her chief because she like, she wouldn't talk to anybody. She, what you do in eating disorder uh, rehab is you sit there all day in therapy with a bunch of sad girls who are like, you know, you know, shaking and crying. And then you eat, they make you eat three meals together a day. There was this one girl, she was uh, like Native American. I swear to God, I shit you not. And that's why I always say this. And I would always sit with her. And I was the only one that she would even look at or talk to a little bit. And she would like sit there. She wasn't going to eat it. Just wouldn't eat it. Would never, never, never touch it. She'd sit there, stare blankly into space and never eat, never touch it. So then she went to the next level of uh, where they, they put you in Florida for uh, like three months and monitor you. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't get to spend that much time with her, but it it's a definitely a, uh, it's not an easy thing to overcome. And I don't think the therapy for it is quite, there's not a surefire way to cure somebody of an eating disorder. You know, would what I mean?
0: that be, would that be something where is it because for, especially women, did they do it because a, a previous boyfriend said they looked fat or is there something that, that maybe they looked fat themselves or like, I I don't understand that. Cause I'm, as somebody who does not have an eating disorder, someone who probably uh, should cut down on the fast food and booze like I do, um, you know, what like what brought you what brought what brings somebody into that? I'm actually I'm asking because we hear about these stories all the time, but I I don't think normal people really dig into as to why we just kind of think, oh, somebody somebody said you look fat. And then here I am. I'm Karen Carpenter.
1: Oh, I'll tell you. Okay. So for me, I'm actually sort of naturally on the thinner side. I'm like my, my take after my dad with the, yeah, I've got like uh he's taller and lankier and I've kind of got long like chicken legs. Um, where I, my mom is, uh, skinny, but she's shorter and like curvier because she's Italian. She's like five, three, I'm she's five, two, I'm five, six. So, um, it, it it's more, it's never been a skinny or fat thing. I don't know why. I just hate the feeling of being full. I can't, if I'm full, I just feel like I can't focus. I just want to it, it just kills me. I, I'm better now, but still all I eat is Skittles and drink white cloth. But if that's how I cope with the eating disorder, it's not all I eat. I always make a joke about that, but if that's how you cope with the eating disorder, then I don't see anything wrong with that. If I'm not puking, or I would throw up more for like more from anxiety, or I just wouldn't mm-hmm. eat anything for days and days and days. So, uh, which it was net, it's never a so it could be a, an eating disorder could be born of an ex boyfriend calling you fat or saying you looked fat, right? But it also, I'm, I tend to be an anxious person. So, I would, I mean, I would, I, I would always be throwing up even when I just was, if, if I'm just worried about something, I can, I can just puke. My dad's the same way. He, uh, if he's nervous about something at, at, uh, he owned a pyrotechnics company during the whole month of July, he would get up in the morning and throw up in the yard. Cause he was so anxious. Cause it's like a fucking stressful business. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that I think it was more born of that. And then it was—it just became like, if you eat something, this is what what you do now. And then it became like, OK, this is a should probably uh, fix this because I kept ending up in the hospital and fucking. So my dad came and got me. We did the whole eating disorder rehab thing, which was horrible, but sort of entertaining. And uh I came back and I'm doing fine. So do so I do you can do eat I, a little
0: bit? It's it's still a little bit of a struggle, but you can still eat a little bit and not, you know, not force yourself. Did, were you a, were you a, a puker or
1: both? So you can so I would either eat nothing for, you know, uh, days at a time or oh my God. if I did eat something, then I would throw it up. So that's and then like when I would end up in the hospital, I'm like, I don't know, I don't feel good. They're like, yeah, it, it, you didn't eat for three days and you did a bunch of blow and then uh uh drank a bottle of gin I don't know how you expect to feel I don't I don't the blow thing that that is very uh, that is way in my past by the way Kevin Brennan um so it just became like a like an issue but it was always an issue you shouldn't be throwing up after you eat you can't be doing that so (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I don't do that anymore. I do eat a lot of candy and I drink a lot of white claw, but I eat healthy stuff too. Every once in a while. So do
0: you, do you feel full from the white claw? Like, is that something where you're like, okay, liquid lunch today? Mm. Or do you got to eat? Something oh, too? no,
1: I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. I like the white claw cause it's light. I, if I drink Jameson, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to pass away. <laughs> I don't know how they take shots like that, but no, I, yeah. So in a lot of eating disorder people, it, it, it can be born out of anxiety. It can be born out of you're just a teenager. And yeah, there you go.
0: Got some jack Have today. A shot. <laughs> yeah. I'll, there you go. I'll, I'll start ripping shots. I got Jim B. I had a whole cabinet that we got to move here pretty soon. When we didn't move. Well, cheers. Oh, che- oh, God, Lord. <laughs> cheers. Oh, good Lord. What there am I go. doing? I'm playing softball tonight and I'm going to just be just completely retarded when I'm softball
1: with a, game. with a team.
0: Yes. Yeah. Beer league softball. And uh, yeah, no, but uh, all, although amazing. in fairness, I think the rest of my team is going to the bar like right now anyway. So uh, oh, okay. we'll, we'll all be on a nice softball. level tonight. Um, you <laughs> so you got, so I, I have to ask you got on the radar of, of Gino in the last few years of coming up to compound and what brought it to a point of, I'm a guest on his show with Alan. We're talking about our podcast or you're going on with Kevin and you're getting hit on by Blindy Brian McCarthy.
1: He just came on our show and I just did his, I, he lived in my neighborhood. We live on the upper east side. So Mm -hmm. ooh, Uh, I
0: just,
1: he lives down the uh, block a little ways from me. Okay. Hang on.
0: So how did, how did it get to the level of that you are now romantically involved with a comedian? Because I've, so I I'm married now, but when I, before i got married i kind of stayed away from female comics uh i had a thing with one local comic here in in ohio but it was just like it's it's weird because it's that vulnerability when you go on stage and you're kind of pouring yourself out and then you're seeing other women pouring their vulnerability and i'm like Uh, I don't I don't date people at the office. That's kind of how I've always been like any job place I've ever worked. I've never dated anybody there because I feel it's largely going to be of uh, it's not going to be of my benefit. It's there's going to be something and then one of us is going to have to quit at some point. So. So how did you get involved with Gino?
1: It's always exciting. Like when I was a bottle girl in Charleston, like I boned every I boned every male employee there like I don't but that's different that's a nightclub you're working in comedy and so the the other the only other comic I I boned a lot of comedians actually not a lot a handful but a lot of open uh, micers What's that
0: open micers or headliners
1: Um, uh, out of the handful a couple of open micers and, and a, a couple of headliners but uh so a handful of them But the, um, as we all have, all female comics have bone comics, even if they're saying they have not they have. Um, Dating one, the other one that I dated, uh, he who I uh, shall not be named, uh, was a complete lunatic monster. Um, So I should have probably stayed away from comics after that, but he was a violent fucking crazy person.
0: uh, You could say his name, Bill Cosby.
1: Bill Cosby, yes, I, I do like them old and blind and like black Brian. And, and black <laughs> and black. <laughs> well, so um, so but, so, but, uh, and but then, Gino Gino was we had been hooking up for years, on and off, and we always liked each other. We always kept up with each other and got along. And I kind of liked him. I was like, I don't know why this motherfucker doesn't want to date me. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He ne- I never asked him to want to date me because I'm not like a desperate woman, but I was like, why doesn't he like, why isn't he more upset, Obsessed with me? And then after we ended up both being single. So I, between the lunatic and then I had one other boyfriend. And then after we broke up, me and Gino just happened to be single. And I don't know. He asked me on a date and I was like, wow. Oh, really? Ooh, okay. It, it, and was then, it to and someplace
0: other than, was it other than Sullivan's?
1: Yeah. We, he went, we went and got steak. It was, it was delightful. And then, uh, And then we just started like, he's like, how do I ask you to be my girlfriend? I'm like, just ask me to be your girlfriend. He's like, will you be my girlfriend? I said, there you go. We get along so well, though. He's like my best friend and we live close. He's not up my ass all the time, not wondering where I am or what I'm doing. He understands he's incredibly supportive of OnlyFans or you know, comedy, we we do shows together even. And it's fine. I mean, I can't I can't say nicer things about him. I know you uh, you know you haven't had the best experience. With well, Gino, it,
0: but- truthfully, with, with Gino, I, I love Gino and I know what he's capable of. I know he's going to war with a lot of people and he's going on his Gino is right tour. Basically, yes.
1: And and listen, and listen whoever he has a problem with, I don't ever necessarily have a problem with. I'm like, whatever these old men want to yeah. fight about. Let them fight about it. I mean, just until they tucker themselves out, so it, it doesn't affect me. And if he, I have, I have a way of when he starts bitching about something, he just has to get it out. It doesn't really matter if anyone's listening. So I sort of just disassociate, and then and then it's out of his system. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so I, I
0: I never had an issue with Gino. My whole thing was, and I'll I'll, I'll tell the story just for the podcast too. Mm-hmm. But I've I've told you before in a DM is that I did have Gino on. Uh, to promote a comedians of the compound and i've had him on my podcast before um a couple of times i've had him on i enjoyed it uh during covid i had him on we did like a three hour podcast just because there was nothing else going on i I brought like a six pack of beer and uh, it was on my patio and just talked to him and we just continued talking and a lot of that same content that we said in that earlier podcast Came back up on another podcast, but this was kind of more of the Gino is right type of podcast in that mm-hmm. we were coming off of COVID and we started finding out a lot of stuff that we were told during the first podcast in 2020 was all bullshit. Yeah. So then we were just kind of just talking and Gino being Gino. And did a couple of shows. And I said, how about we do an exclusive podcast? It's only on Patreon. And that way we can talk about, which we talked about the the Rooney rule in football, which is where they have to interview a minority candidate before and, you know, just so they can cover the books and stuff. Well, Gino was being Gino and Mm -hmm. was cracking his jokes. And I never edited it out. In fact, I laughed along with it and thought it was funny because it was funny. And I didn't realize when I had gotten promoted to being a program director at my then radio station. Uh, somebody was on my Patreon who was a mole, and they were snooping mm. around at my content to see if I was doing anything controversial, I so they could it. send it yeah. to my bosses, and and so therefore it turned into, Tony is a racist who does a racist podcast.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> when in
0: reality, it was just I had Gino on and we were having a good time. It was like it was like watching in hot water. It was no problem. It,
1: but right, that should be because- your prerogative to in your own time to. And it wasn't your, it wasn't you saying anything and he doesn't
0: say it in a hateful
1: way. You know, his whole, no, speech. it
0: was, it was the Thomas right. Jefferson joke.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a joke. I defend the right of comedians to say jokes. I have, pro- I don't, I don't really love it. Yeah. I don't like the derogatory, any derogatory gay word either. My brother's gay. and all my, all my friends mm-hmm. are gay. Like, and I just feel like, but I can, he has his reasons for joking about it because he, does love everyone? He literally loves everyone. So, is it my cup of tea? No, but I can I respect the right to say what you want.
0: No, my my it's wife not don't, hurting oh, anyone.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I, I say a lot of stuff around around my place. I mean, not you know, I, I'll I'll joke about horrible things, and my Me wife do. will just yeah. she'll she'll roll her eyes, go like, "Really? Don't please, <laughs> I, don't please, don't tweet that. I don't want you getting fired from this job either." Um
1: my brother always said if if I cuz I just won't stop sometimes he said it's just something we all have to weather until she tuckers herself out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean so the whole thing was I had Gino on because he was promoting a gig that never actually ended up happening cuz that was when Aaron Berg had some uh, some health issues and they yeah. had to cancel the gig. So um that just it, it spiraled out of control to the point where people in my company that I worked for had this vision of me I'm like I've worked here for seven years. Have you ever heard any like horrible things like that come out of my mouth?
1: You're like I'm personable as hell. Oh, my God.
0: Well, I, I, that I'm not going to say I'm personable, because when you work morning radio and you get there at 430 in the morning, I am a, I'm a zombie. And I tell people I told people when I got that job, I said, I may not be the most personal person because I am not I'm not a morning person. I yeah. happen to work mornings. I get through it. I look forward to my nap. If you want to talk to me after my nap, I am just rip I'm I'm a yeah. great person. We'll hang We're out. Having have the gusto
1: of life, sunshine and rainbows, but but
0: uh, joie de vie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but the the whole thing for me was, it, I I and that's why I kept making sure. And I told Gino at the time. I said I don't blame you for this. I'm ultimately responsible. I booked you on the show, and I booked you to be you. I didn't book you to be partially you and then partially somebody else i booked you to be you and you were you and i got in trouble i fall on the sword i take the responsibility could i yeah. have edited it uh, the podcast could i have even deleted that podcast sure but you but know
1: then when you, you get on these shows in the like corner of the internet that we're all sort of a part of you have Zumok and being like well he got tony fired and then you know yeah Gino gets a you know gets upset about that. Cause like, I, uh, you know, you could have, you, I guess, I suppose you could have taken it out and I suppose, you know, could have not made the joke, but, uh, yeah, you, you're right that you do, you you have to take responsibility for it because you got to watch out for stuff like that. I, if you're working I, I, on a morning radio show and you got to, you know, it, it, what yeah. it, it, Shane Gillis, apparently, uh, they found some Mm-hmm. saying some derogatory things, but he doesn't I I don't know the man, honestly, but I've heard he's a really funny comic and a really nice guy. But, yeah, uh, that's the way of the world right now. And it sucks. But
0: I remember the email I even got. It was the day before I did get fired. And they said, we want to alert you about a podcast that you did where you you refer to black people as monkeys. And I said and so I listened to it and I realized, oh, no, you didn't hear right i said gino performs at a comedy club called three monkeys
1: oh my is that true yeah yeah <laughs>
0: but they thought i'm calling black people monkeys and i said no that's the club one of the oh yeah i do that show perform- all the time <laughs> exactly so apparently we're all racist because we talk about a comedy club in new york city called three monkeys i'm like no, what your, the fuck I is going on you
1: thought that it's the name of a damn comedy club exactly I
0: thought, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and that was another one. Somebody got really mad at me because I posted a Harambe meme in 2020, where it was like that rest in peace it was like it was four years since Harambe had been shot. And someone's like, you do realize how insensitive and sensitive that is after George Floyd is dead. And I said, you're so wait, calling wait, 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 wait. him a
1: monkey, not me. I'm not
0: calling him that. You're the one because you think because I said rest in peace Harambe, you're equating this ape that was at the cincinnati zoo with the guy from minneapolis who was who was dead in the street i'm like no that's you you're the one who's making that about race i didn't make anything,
1: assuming it. Yeah, no, I mean-
0: it didn't even think about it
1: <laughs> right exactly oh my god
0: no but, I, honestly i'm better off. i i so i i'm gonna say this gino if you're listening i thank you because i work a job now even though i'm not in radio anymore i get more people coming out to my comedy shows that hear me on a podcast that either I'm a guest on or my own podcast than I did in seven years of working in local yokel Northeast Ohio radio. And I make way better money. And I I have largely no stress. I mean, you know, you got to pay bills and stuff, but I don't have to, I really don't have to wake up for work. It's great. So Gino, if you're watching this- better anyway, you
1: can do whatever you want. You have creative license. You know, you're not under the thumb of, you're not sitting there talking about Ryan Seacrest and American Idol or- you know, it's much better for you anyway, and it's fun. Even the podcast wars, it doesn't bother me at all. No, it, I call me bonely fans all you want. Uh, I prefer you don't post my naked photos online, Kevin Brennan. But and then wonder why you're banned on Twitter. I don't, I'll never understand that. I didn't even do anything. He thinks I reported him. I prefer you don't do that, but I guess if you want to be an asshole, go ahead. I take things in stride. Uh, and he knows that that's why he can never really everything he's ever said bad about me. I know he doesn't mean because I'm always a good sport. He's always said that to me and you should have Gino on the podcast. He would love to talk to you about that. And what, and I don't know, I don't know, Chad Zumok. I know your buddies with him, Mm-hmm. I don't know why he would hate me at all. I don't I don't really... think he
0: hates you. Yeah,
1: I know. He just I think uh... it's more
0: I think it's more the the shrapnel. It's where it's why I've always said with with me and Chad, I've known Chad for uh probably about almost 15 years and I've been friends with him for 10. And I've always said that I, I am a very loyal person. And if that means my loyalty to Chad means I'm not gonna go on somebody else's podcast who is feuding with Chad. So like let's say because him and Chrissy were like having a tiff for a long time. Yeah. If if it means that Chrissy was going to have me on her podcast, but because I'm friends with Chad that I can't go on. Okay. I guess I won't go on. It's just, I'm loyal to somebody that I I've been friends with for a long time. And I haven't known Chrissy that long. I'm not going to dump somebody who I, I I'm friends with and have this relationship with. I mean, you know, Chad kind of is the same way with you and Chrissy where Chad's given me gigs of featuring and stuff and yeah. uh, one nighters and everything. And I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of it is there's a lot of cosplaying in this podcast universe that we yeah. don't know where we're going with this next. We don't know what the next feud is going to be. Right. Um, I'm somebody that uh, myself, Earl Skakel, a couple others were just we pay attention to it. We just want to do our own thing, and I, I, that's why I'm happy with doing a podcast with you. Talk about comedy, talk about the process, and where you come from, and everything yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, we mentioned the podcast words, but we didn't really dive into it. I mean, I, I'm kind here of happy
1: about kvetch over it and cry over yeah. it. No,
0: so it's a little, it's a little break from it. it. Going back, as I said earlier, it's like going back to the days of podcasting from uh, two years ago.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> where you pre-record it and you don't you yell at people and. By the way, though, I do have to say that when I was watching you and Chad with the Stuttering John thing, it was hysterical. And bravo, my God. Oh, yeah. Just watching Chad just, like, trying not to laugh was just... (laughs) okay. It was iconic. It was I, hilarious. You
0: I know? equated it to when, when the band The Eagles would do Hotel California and they have two guitarists, Don Felder and Joe Walsh, and they like kind of trade off solos during it. And that's what Chad and I were kind of doing during that podcast is we're like kind of trading off how much we control Stuttering John here. Like, how far are we going to take it where it's not going to be too obvious, but we're we're like looking at each other through the Zoom or through the StreamYard and going, Okay. Your turn now. All right. Back to me. Let's do it. Okay. John, John, uh, tell me about this. And of course he completely ignore my questions.
1: He has no idea what's going on. My God. So fucking funny. So funny. I actually, I think Chrissy, I think Chrissy did his show today. So they've made up, you know,
0: of course. Well, again, if you kiss John's ass, if you kiss John's ass enough, you'll be back on a show.
1: He, she doesn't give two fucks about him either. It's so funny. He probably just asked her like, "Oh," and snot and started spitting. And whatever. yeah, think
0: about his think about his recent guests that he's had. He's had a potato on. He's had me and Chad. He's had Chrissy. So it's all the people that I mean. Eventually, it's going to be Julie and Bob Levy are going to be on. I'm going to ask
1: him. No, I fucking, I fucking, and I'm a huge, huge Stern fan. Like for mm-hmm. my whole life, but. Stuttering John was not really someone I was really up on. So I didn't really get un- I never really watched Uncle Rico or whatever. But now I like really understand. You get it now. Why? Fuck. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? What in the fuck? What in the fuck is wrong with this human being? So I'm glad he's doing well. I wish him well. Uh,
0: Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, God bless. God bless. God bless. Well, as we wrap it up here, of course, you uh, here's your Instagram account. And if uh, yes, people want to Keanu follow C. you,
1: Thompson. I, you can see my city shows there, too. Um, I always post them in a story. And Keanu cast is 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, live on YouTube every Wednesday. And then we do surprise late night streams. Um, me and Mickey just uh, drunk uh, kvetching and people drop in. It's really fun. You should come do it sometime.
0: Uh, yeah, just send them okay. s- the link.
1: I'll send you the link.
0: Send me the link. Yes. You indeed. The deal. But, yes. Uh, if you can indulge me before you leave though. Yes. I got to see. Whoa. Oh goodness. Sorry about that. Uh, I got to see the tattoo. If you can.
1: Wait. Oh, the Visconti tattoo. Yes. Okay. Let can me, you, or is let this. Me, uh, let me show you in a not, a, in a not untoward way. Hang on.
0: Yes. Yes. She's uh, so um, if you're listening on the audio right now, Keanu has a tattoo that says Visconti and, uh, yeah. So I
1: love a good, uh, I love a good, like drunk Vegas tattoo. I did. I, I, it, it, it has nice meaning and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a free spirit. So this is why I did that.
0: That's true. Absolutely. That's why, that's why we're pulling for you because we don't want, <laughs> we don't want the next Instagram story to, uh, there it is. How about that? Visconti with the heart. Isn't how much, makes- how, how much that cost you? Like 150 bucks.
1: It was me, Chrissy, and Lila Hart. And I was like, it's time. We're going to go. I I begged them to get a tattoo. I begged them. They were like, oh, my God. I was like, this is awesome. Visconti (laughs) says he's going to get a tattoo for me. He has yet to, but. He
0: has only two tattoos, right? Doesn't he have a tramp stamp? He
1: has a tramp stamp of a goddamn Chargers lightning bolt. (laughs) Like, cover that with my name, you loser. Exactly. Come on.
0: They're not even the San Diego Chargers anymore. They don't have the same meaning.
1: I always I like to tell him I'm a Rams fan every day of my life now because he I don't know why I don't, I'm not very sporty so it's hard for me but I say I'm a Rams fan and there's a reason now I'm saying I've taken to saying that uh, that I'm a Mets fan because that really upsets him too so
0: see that's what it is you you, you the trick to a good relationship is to uh, be Roll the opposite your partner yeah absolutely. Yeah, my my wife loves Ohio State, and every chance I get is if they lose, <laughs> enjoy. You're you're not going to enjoy the rest of the day because I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. It's great, but. Uh... Keanu, thanks for doing the podcast today. And so uh, again, yeah, go uh, go check out her YouTube show. I'm going to link to it here in the comments and in the uh, the description. But I uh, thank you for doing that, and uh, thank you for doing the show. And uh, yeah, and, talk-
1: the, and the rest, I said hi. And I, I will have do so. on here. He would love to talk to you. And come on, Keanu Cast. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you some dates. I'll send you the link.
0: Yeah, send send me some dates. I'll give you my avail. I'll give you my avails here. <laughs>
1: We. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll be at three monkeys sometime if I'm not too racist. You racist.
1: <laughs> How dare you?
0: So, Keanu C. Thompson, thank you for doing the show, and uh, thank you for watching the uh, Check Your Brain podcast or listening to it on the podcast platforms. Again, if you like what you hear, go and subscribe on YouTube, on Rumble, on the podcast platforms. And if you want to hear more of this wonderful content, go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. Thanks, everybody. I'll be back with you with another free podcast coming up next week. Bye now.